Payrolls miss, DocuSign collapses, DD to D-list, the FTC sues NVIDIA, and a new crypto index. This is the Running With The Money weekly recap. Let's get into it. up and welcome to another episode of the running with the money podcast powered by pounding the table now we have a lot to get into today it's a weekly recap so we don't only go through the biggest headlines of today but we also go through the biggest headlines of the week so we're going to have to go fast but to give you a quick brief on where the markets stand as we speak the dow jones is down 216 nasdaq down a whopping 283 and the s&p 500 down 62 now going into about 330 we are seeing a bit of a bump up some bit of buying here going into the end of the day it'll be interesting to see if there's a little bit of buying holds into the close but the core index is definitely continuing to move to the downside when it comes to what groups are leading the way to the downside well that's quite easy we have consumer cyclical technology basic materials financials and communication services all moving to the downside and then Sectors that are attempting to make a comeback, sectors that are attempting to be green or go green include consumer defensive, utilities, real estate, energy, healthcare, and industrials. Now, we have a lot to get into, and we're going to get into it right about now. So, getting into the first headline of the day, sees November jobs report numbers. So, we got to dig into these numbers. So, non-farm payrolls came in at 210,000 in November, and that's following a gain of 546,000. But here's the bad news. That missed the expectation of 573,000. Ouch! So, the expectation was missed big time. Non-farm payrolls coming in at 210,000 for November. Now, on the flip side of this, there was a bit of positive news. The unemployment rate fell 4.2% from point uh, that's a 0.4% decline but it did fall from 0.46% so that is a solid metric there and also labor force participation that rate actually went up to 61.8% for the month so a solid metric there and that's the highest level since March of 2020 now Digging into these jobs um, in the data from this jobs report, the professional and business services sector added 90,000 jobs in November. So that was the leading sector of this report. Transportation and warehousing also posted a strong gain of 49,700 jobs. You saw some expansion in couriers and messengers coming in at 26,800 added within that sector. Leisure and hospitality, that sector added 23,000 jobs in November. So a solid metric there, but that leisure and hospitality sector saw a major deceleration because the previous gain in October was 170,000, so that is something to know. So some deceleration in new jobs added or jobs being added within these industries, non-farm payrolls missing the mark, 573,000 coming in at 210,000, and we have to really get some professional opinion on this. So we got Jeffrey's economist, including Thomas Simons per Bloomberg here, and he goes on to say, quote, retail trade payrolls fell 20,000 versus up 38,000 in October. Leisure and hospitality payrolls rose only 23,000 after rising 170,000 in October and averaging well over 100K for the past few months. We had thought there would be a pickup in both of these, but November was curiously soft on this 
front. In it is not clear if this is a seasonal issue or some sort of shift in terms of timing of holiday help. But overall, the payroll data does not match up with the alternative indicators of labor market activity that we track. We also got some professional opinion from Peter Bookvar, Chief Investment Officer at Bleakley Advisor Group. And he goes on to say, quote, while the headline number disappointed relative to expectations, the big household survey figure, the rise in the work week, the increase in the participation rate and employment to the population ratio, along with the near 5% average weekly earnings print, all point to a Fed that will quicken the pace of taper, as many have said. And we'll see how that goes before debating rate hikes. So very interesting stuff there, but Peter Bookvar didn't stop. He goes on to say, as the internals were better than the headline establishment survey print, the short end yields are little changed in response. The 10-year yield is down one basis point and inflation break-evens are unchanged. And that was per Bloomberg as well. So the professional opinion, the professional consensus here basically saying that, yeah, the labor market did miss the mark, but there was still some solid numbers within that report. And therefore, we do still believe that the Fed is going to tighten quicker and taper quicker as many have been noting. Now, shifting into DocuSign, a name that we need to talk about, you take a look at the performance of this name overnight. And unfortunately, DocuSign, it's absolutely getting nailed. And at one point, it was down absolutely massive. So we had to talk about it. Currently sitting down 43%, which is still massive. That's over 100 points to the downside overnight. Holy smoke. So we got to know why this name is moving to the downside. So earnings coming in at 58 cents per share adjusted compared to 46 cents per share that was expected. We had revenue coming at $545.5 million, actually beating the expectation of $531 million. So, DocuSign beating both on earnings and revenue. Why is this name moving to the downside? Especially given that that $545.5 million in revenue represents 40% growth year over year. Well, greater than 40% growth. So why are they moving to the downside? Well, the company noted that it expects fourth quarter revenue of $557 million to $563 million, which trailed the analyst estimate of $573.8 million. So they missed big time when it came to guidance. And also the CEO noted that the company now expects growth of around 30% instead of over 40%, and they definitely did not like that. In fact, the CEO, Dan Springer, did acknowledge his disappointment and said, quote, exceptionally high growth rates at scale that they achieved throughout the first half of 2020, they are likely not going to meet going forward. So some major negatives here coming out of DocuSign when it comes to guidance, but the most recent quarter's earnings pretty darn solid. So whether this DocuSign dip here down 101 points as we speak, down 43%, Whether this name is a buy here, who knows? That's up for you to decide. But definitely some not-so-nice numbers coming out of guidance, but at the same time, the earnings weren't too bad. And plus, look at the positives. They're still going to achieve roughly 30% growth year-over-year, which is by no means bad. So there definitely are positives within this company. This is in all likelihood an overreaction as everything is in the markets, but it's definitely a name to take a look at after absolutely collapsing by 100 points today. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls, we have to talk about JP Morgan downgrading DocuSign to underweight from neutral. So some professional commentary on DocuSign. They go on to say, quote, the pandemic tailwinds came to a much faster than expected halt for DocuSign, catching the company off guard. Management took full accountability for this execution misstep and deserved credit for not looking for excuses in our view. 
Sales now needs to pivot from a focus on demand fulfillment to demand generation. And we think that this will take a couple of quarters to play out. So JP Morgan downgrading DocuSign, saying that they need to shift from this demand fulfillment to actually generating demand. And they believe that's going to take quite a few quarters to actually play out. And therefore, they don't like the stock over the coming quarters. Now, shifting into a call by Goldman Sachs, upgrading Marvell to buy from hold. Going on to say, quote, we acknowledge that staying on the sidelines has has been the wrong call with the stock up 49% year to date. As we underestimated the inflection in the company's fundamentals, as well as the attractiveness of the stock's valuation relative to the broader sector. So Goldman Sachs basically saying here that, look, we're wrong on Marvell and we like it and we're raising our rating to a buy from neutral. Shifting into another call by Goldman Sachs on Amazon, reiterating it as a buy, going on to say, quote, based on management's outlook and commentary, on his most recent earnings call, we believe Amazon is prepared to navigate any potential supply chain-driven inventory issues to meet consumer demands into the Q4 holiday season. Goldman Sachs liking Amazon, saying they're going to work out these supply chain issues, and they are fixing those issues, and therefore, we believe they're going to be perfectly fine throughout this holiday season. Goldman Sachs liking Amazon, reiterating it as a buy. We had JP Morgan also today reiterating FedEx as overweight, going on to say, quote, we are constructive on FedEx into the to Q2022 earnings release on December 16th. After a brief rally lost momentum, the stock is trading at a near record valuation discount to UPS, which provides a decent margin of safety on a relative basis. So, JP Morgan reiterating FedEx here, basically saying, look, their valuation is too cheap compared to their competitor UPS, and we like it here. Now, shifting into a call by Cohen, naming Chipotle as a top 2022 idea. Maybe some of you, Chipotle is your favorite restaurant. Who knows? But either way, Cohen goes on to say, quote, we believe Chipotle's 2022 comps are well positioned to exceed consensus estimates for three reasons. One, an omni-channel business where we believe digital will end 2022 at 48% of sales versus 46% of sales in 2021 E, 46% in 2020 and 20% pre-COVID-19. Number two, proprietary survey data that suggests accelerating consumer demand for transparent food sourcing. What's in my food? Question mark. And three, we expect the brand to be more top of mind for consumers due to menu innovation and ad budget that grows in line with sales. Cohen, liking Chipotle, Top idea for 2022, citing their omni-channel business, citing those digital sales improving, citing those proprietary survey data numbers that basically say, look, uh, consumers like this transparent food sourcing data and also their brand and the way they are selling and the way consumers are acting and their menu innovation. Some very interesting stuff out of Cohen on Chipotle. And shifting into our final call here by JP Morgan, reiterating Honeywell as overweight, going on to say, quote, more than any time in the recent past, we sense a growing divergence between the bull and bear case around Honeywell, and sediment is swinging negative, even for those that have owned the stock for a while. Frustrated by the first year of underperformance in some time. This is all about numbers, however, which did not 
move much this year, and the stock enters 2022 in a different spot than it entered 2021. And therefore, the conversation should be different. JP Morgan liking Honeywell going into 2022. Now, we ought to shift in to this DD to D list headline. So, DD shares, they did sink this morning. Taking a look at the stock, it is underperforming along with the rest of the market today, currently down 22% at $6.01. Ouch. Now, they are going to be delisting. In fact, the company did announce that they will be delisting from the New York Stock Exchange, quote, immediately, and they do plan to pursue a listing in Hong Kong. Now, per CNBC, unquote, the company said Friday it will delist from the New York Stock Exchange immediately and begin preparations for a separate listing in Hong Kong. U.S. shares are to be converted into, quote, freely tradable shares on another international exchange, according to a statement per CNBC. Some very interesting stuff. On DD to D list, down 22% on this news. Definitely not a positive headline. Now, we also had a headline coming out overnight. FTC is going to be suing, or the FTC is going to be suing to block NVIDIA's $40 billion acquisition of ARM. Now, the Federal Trade Commission will be suing them, basically saying that, look, on antitrust grounds, we do not like this deal of this $40 billion acquisition by NVIDIA to uh, basically take over ARM from SoftBank. They do not like it, the FTC said in a statement, quote, the proposed vertical deal would give one of the largest chip companies control over the computing technology and designs that rival firms rely on to develop their own competing chips. Now, what in the world does ARM do? Well, quote, ARM is a core supplier of architecture technology to most semiconductor companies. Its ARM instruction set is at the core of nearly all mobile processors powering smartphones, including those made by Apple and Android devices that use Qualcomm chips. And thanks, CNBC, for the awesome, actually, uh, definition of what in the world ARM is and does. Now, shifting into, you know, really what this deal has faced, this is just another roadblock that this deal is basically facing. Now that this lawsuit has come down, in all likelihood, it will not go through, according to many, many analysts and experts within the space. But who knows? It's definitely something to pay attention to. The reaction to this news on NVIDIA stock, well, really not crazy. The stock is down 5.1%. But once again, we are seeing this growth sell-off. And really, last night, when this headline came out in the after hours, the stock wasn't really doing much. In fact, I believe it was up. Uh, So really, the downside you are probably seeing on NVIDIA today, down 16 points, is in all likelihood unrelated. It could be related, um, but it seems that the reaction last night in After Hours definitely was nearly nothing when this headline came out. Now, our final headline of the day is in reference to the crypto world, and I figured I'd throw it in. So we have Wisdom Tree and Rithowitz Wealth Management. They're going to be launching a crypto index for their clients. And this crypto index is going to be the RWM Wisdom Tree Crypto Index, and it is currently made up of 36% Bitcoin, 20% Ethereum, and 4% each of 11 other crypto assets. Now, those other 11 crypto assets, um, aside from BTC and ETH, are these coins that relate to, you know, pretty much this Web3 theme. And what they are are Phantom, Terra, Polygon, Uniswap, AAV, I believe is how you pronounce it, Juicy Swap, Yearn Finance, Decentraland, engine, chain link, and the graph. So a very interesting and diverse actually index here for the crypto world. Definitely something to pay attention to. And this is just another example of crypto adoption from larger scale institutional wealth and institutional money coming into the space. And I believe it will continue. You continue to see, as we've covered in previous episodes, more and more venture capital going into the space. And truly, many are starting to believe in the money is clearly pointing towards that cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and Web3 is the future 
finance and the internet. So it's definitely something to pay attention to. We did get a statement out of Rithowitz Wealth Management and they go on to say, quote, as wealth managers, we have a responsibility to adapt our portfolios to Bert to a burgeoning opportunity. And that was a Michael Backnick, Rithowitz Director of Research. And he said that in a statement um, as of today. He also went on to say, quote, as fiduciaries, we have an obligation to do so in a sensible way while harnessing the benefits of increased diversification. So a very bullish, uh, I wouldn't say bullish, but I would say a very solid statement coming out of Rithowitz Wealth Management and Wisdom Tree on cryptocurrency, pretty much adopting this RWM Wisdom Tree crypto index, which is actually quite diverse for the space, and it's definitely something to pay attention to, just another example of adoption by institutional funds. Now, shifting into the headlines of Monday, this is a weekly recap for all those of you who are new. So on Monday, we had Jack Dorsey resigning from Twitter, saying, quote, I've decided to leave Twitter because I believe the company is ready to move on from its founders, and he will be taking over full-time over at Square. So some interesting stuff there. You saw the stock initially act in a positive notion, and then it moved to the downside, and the chief technology officer officer Parag Agarwal will be taking over as CEO effective immediately as of Monday. Also on Monday, we had MicroStrategy in El Salvador buying the dip in Bitcoin. MicroStrategy bought an additional 7,002 Bitcoins at an average price of 59,187 per Bitcoin. And we had El Salvador also buying the dip and they bought a total of 1,100 Bitcoin as of October 27th. So both of these big time uh, Bitcoin Topics of late, MicroStrategy has been a big topic of late in the Bitcoin world. In El Salvador, well, they're both adding um, and they're both buying the dip here in Bitcoin. And then on Tuesday, we had Jerome Powell drop the ball. And this was when some of this downside in the growth area of the market especially started to uh, set in, where he basically said, look, we're looking at tapering faster and scaling back these bond purchases and maybe even going quicker than the $15 billion a month schedule that's currently set. He said, quote, at this point, the economy is very strong. Inflationary pressures are higher. It is therefore appropriate, in my view, to consider wrapping up the taper of our asset purchases, which we clearly and actually announced at the November meeting, perhaps a few months sooner. He goes on to say, I expect that we will discuss this at our upcoming meetings. He also said, quote, the need for that asset buying program has clearly diminished as the economy has continued to strengthen, as we've seen continued significant inflationary pressures, and that's why we announced that we would taper. In that is why we're now saying we're going to discuss a somewhat faster taper at our meeting. He also said throughout his statements to the Senate, and the house he also goes on to say basically that look we do not know what is in uh, store for inflation when it comes to now this new COVID-19 variant we do not know what is in store for the economy the outlook is very harsh but what we do know what we do know is that inflation is running rampant that inflation is running hot and we need to take care of that and you have seen a lot of these Fed members come out over the course of the past two three weeks and basically say look we need to taper faster and it's not just one of them it's actually quite a few of them saying we need to taper faster, so it's definitely something to pay attention to. We also had Coinbase on Tuesday go on the acquisition front, announcing the acquisition of Israel's unbound security. Basically, they noted that they plan to establish more of a presence in Israel, and they plan to grow its technology and research development center over there in Israel over a significant amount of time. So some very interesting stuff 
there out of Coinbase, and it just wasn't their first acquisition. It was their uh, over 13th acquisition of the year. Holy smokes. And then also on Tuesday, we had Grayscale launching their Solana Trust. So Solana getting some institutional adoption as well from Grayscale. Now shifting into Wednesday, what did we get? We got those private payrolls posting a better than expected number. Private payrolls increased by 534,000 for November, and that was better than the estimate out of Dow Jones of 506,000. This is all according to ADP. So you actually got some solid metrics coming out on private payrolls. So that was very interesting. And now it's even more interesting when you compare it to the most recent data we got on non-farm payrolls today. Some very interesting um, stuff, some very interesting complexities. Also on Wednesday, we had U.S. manufacturing. That gauge reverses its decline and actually improved. The ISM measure of factory activity increased to 61.1 in November. And remember, any reading over 50 indicates that manufacturing is expanding. So some positive stuff out of U.S. manufacturing. And then finally, on Wednesday, one of the biggest headlines was the U.S. confirming the first case of the Omicron variant in California, Northern California to be specific. And it is that B11529 variant that was first detected in South Africa, the one that everyone is currently freaking out about. And then on Thursday, we had OPEC sticking to their planned supply hike, which the group basically agreed to add 400,000 barrels a day of crude to global markets starting in January, but they did put a caveat on that deal saying, look, if anything comes up, such as this Omicron variant, we can come back and we can reverse this decision at any time. So basically it was, we're going to do this, but we can back out at any time. Some very interesting stuff there. And then also on Thursday, we had the U.S. tightening travel testing requirements. The Biden administration did tighten travel rules for people coming in and out of the United States, all inbound international passengers are now going to have to get tested within 24 hours of departure. So that is something to note. And he also extended, the Biden admin extended the mask requirement for all domestic flights on public transportation now through to March 18th. So that's definitely something to note as well on the COVID-19 front. And this is something that no one was really talking about all week. We had Congress strike a deal to avoid that government shutdown. So maybe that is definitely something else to go take a look at. That deadline was today. And well, it seems they have met it. So it's definitely something to pay attention to there. No one was talking about that. And remember, just a few months ago, this Congress and the government shutdown was the largest topic in the market. And now it's like nothing. No one's even talking about it. But we talked about it here at Running With The Money because we got to talk about the biggest headlines that could or could be or are going to affect the market. So Congress striking a deal, avoiding that government shutdown. And then we had Apple telling suppliers that iPhone demand has slowed, telling their basically suppliers globally that, look, uh, our demand, it looks like it's starting to slow. And that was according to unnamed sources per Bloomberg. So we do have to know that the na- sources were unnamed. So the source, how strong it is, who knows? But the rumor is, according to unnamed sources, that Apple is experiencing some slowing demand for the iPhone 13 lineup. And therefore, um, they've already cut production, but they could be, you know, seeing some major issues when it comes to demand going forward. So definitely something to pay attention there. Apple stock moved to the downside on a few headlines. This was one of those names after a actually quite a solid rally in that stock as well. And then finally, shifting into another headline in our final headline um, of Thursday was Jack Dorsey Square changing, changing its name to Block. Who? What? Block? But Yep, Square is changing their name to Block, and that's the company that was co-founded by Jack Dorsey, the company that Jack Dorsey is CEO of. 
they changed their name to Block. And also, Square Crypto will now change their name to Spiral. We did get a statement out of Jack Dorsey. He said, quote, we built the Square brand for our seller business, which is where it belongs. He goes on to say, Block is a new name, but our purpose of economic empowerment remains the same. No matter how we grow or change, we will continue to build tools to help increase access to the economy. And then also out of the company in a statement, they said, Block references the neighborhood blocks where we find our sellers. A blockchain, block parties full of music, obstacles to overcome, a section of code, building blocks, and of course, tungsten cubes. So, a big name change, a big rebranding out of a major fintech player, Square, changing their name to Block, and that goes into effect on December 10th, by the way. But that is the show. Thank you for listening to the Running With The Money weekly recap. We will be back, of course, on Monday to go over the biggest headlines, biggest analyst calls, and much more. But in the meantime, go give my fellow team members and my boys over at Pounding the Table a listen on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and give me and my team a listen, um, and a follow, please, at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook, or just follow me on Twitter, at Luke Donay. DM me, at me. If you want to see a stock or a company broken down, please let me know, and I will get that done for you. Literally, we are here to help you. It's what we do. We push content for you to listen to, for you to engage with, because at the end of the day, we want to give you the best tools in the toolbox and some of the best knowledge out there with some, honestly, some very good reporting. So thank you for listening to the Running With The Money podcast and Pounding The Table team. We'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, Eastly Profit, trade on, and I will see you Monday. (laughs) 